0: Chapter four Part two of Glimpses of Italian Society in the eighteenth century by Hester Lynch Piozzi. This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Venice. The sight of the Buchan Toro prepared for Gala and the glories of Venice upon Ascension Day must now put an end to other observations. We had the honour and comfort of seeing all from a galley belonging to a noble Venetian Braggadon. His civilities to us were singularly kind as well as extremely polite his attentions did not cease with the morning show which we shared in common with numbers of fashionable people that filled his ship and partook of his profuse elegant refreshments but he followed us after dinner to the house of our english friends and took six of us together in a gay bark adorned with his arms and rowed by eight gondoliers in superb liveries made up for the occasion to match the boat which was like them white blue and silver a flag of the same colours flying from the stern till we arrived at the corso so they call the place of contention where the rowers exert their skill and ingenuity and numberless oars dashing the waves at once make the only agitation of which the sea seems capable. While ladies, now no longer dressed in black, but ornamented with all their jewels, flowers, etc., display their beauties unveiled upon the water, and covering the lagoons with gaiety and splendour, bring to one's mind the games of Virgil and the galley of Cleopatra by turns. The Buchen Toro holds 200 people, and is heavy besides with statues columns etc the top covered with crimson velvet and the sides enlivened by twenty-one oars on each hand musical performers attend in another barge while foreigners in gilded pajos increase the general show meantime the vessel that contains the doge etc carries him slowly out to sea where in the presence of his senators he drops a plain gold ring into the water with these words "Desponsamus te TEMARE insignum SIGNUMERI perpetuique DOMINII Note, we espouse the O.C. in sign of true and perpetual dominion. End note. Our weather was favourable and the people all seemed happy. When the ceremony is put off from day to day, it naturally damps their spirits and Produces superstitious presages of an unlucky year. Nor is that strange, for the season of storms ought surely to be passed in a climate so celebrated for mildness and equanimity. The praises of Italian weather, though wearisomely frequent among us, seem, however, much confined to this island, for aught I see, who am often tired with hearing their complaints of their own sky, now that they are under it, always too cold or too hot, or a skid wind, or a rainy day, or a hard frost, hegele fin ai pensieri, note, which freezes even one's fancy, end note. or something to murmur about, while their only great nuisances pass unnoticed, the heaps of dirt and crowds of beggars when the streets and poison the pleasures of society while ladies are eating ice at a coffee-house door while decent people are hearing mass at the altar while strangers are surveying the beauties of the place no peace no enjoyment can one obtain for the beggars numerous beyond credibility saucy and airy and odd in their manners and exhibiting such various lamenesses and horrible deformities in their figure that i can sometimes hardly believe my eyes but am willing to be told what is not very improbable that many of them come from a great distance to pass the season of ascension here at venice i never indeed saw anything so gently endured which it appeared so little difficult to remedy but though i hope it will be hard to find a place where more arms are asked for and less are given than in Venice. Yet I never saw refusals so pleasantly softened as by the manners of the high Italians towards the low. Ladies in particular are so soft-mouthed, so tender and replying to those who have their lot cast far below them, that one feels one's own harsher disposition corrected by their sweetness and when they called my maid sister in good time, pressing her hand with affectionate kindness, it melted me. Though I feared from time to time there must be hypocrisy at bottom of such sugared words, till I caught a lady of condition yesterday turning to the window and praying fervently for the girl's conversion to Christianity, all from a tender and pious emotion of her gentle heart as notwithstanding their caresses, no man is more firmly persuaded of a mathematical truth than they are of mine and my maids, living in a state of certain and eternal reprobation. Ma veramente noi altri. But they really shame even us, End note, say they. Quite in the spirit of the old Romans who thought all nations barbarous except their own. A woman of quality, near whom I sat at the fine ball Baggett had made two nights ago in honour of this gay season, inquired how I had passed the morning. I named several churches I had looked into, particularly that which they esteem beyond the rest as a favourite work of Palladio and called the Redentore, you do very right, says she, to look into our churches, as you have none in England, I know. But then you have so many other fine things, such charming steel buttons, for example. Pressing my hand to show that she meant no offence. For she added, Qui penso d'una maniera, qui penso d'un'altra. Note, one person is of one mind, you know, another of another. End note. Here are many theatres, the worst infinitely superior to ours, the best, as far below those of Milan and Urin, but then here are other diversions, and everyone's dependence for pleasure is not placed upon the opera. They have now thrown up a sort of temporary wall of painted canvas in an oval form within St Mark's Place, profusely illuminated round the new formed walk, which is covered in at the top and adorned with shops round the right-hand side, with pillars to support the canopy, the lamps, etc. on the left-hand. This open ranelagh, so suited to the climate, is exceedingly pleasing. Here is room to sit, to chat, to saunter up and down from 2 o'clock in the morning, when the opera ends, till a hot sun sends us all home to rest for late hours must be complied with at Venice, or you can have no diversion at all, as the earliest casino belonging to your soberest friends has not a candle lighted in it till past midnight. It strikes a person who has lived some months in other parts of Italy to see so very few clergymen at Venice, and none hardly have much the look of an air of a man of fashion, land, though such heavy complaints are daily made there of encroachments on church power and depredations on church opulence, still swarms with ecclesiastics, and in an assembly of thirty people, there are never fewer than ten or twelve at the very least. But here it should seem as if the political cry of FUORI PRETI, note out with the clergy, end note which is said loudly in the council chamber before any voters suffered to pass into a law, were carried in the conversation rooms too. For a priest is here less frequent than a clergyman at London, and those one sees about are almost all ordinary men, decent and humble in their appearance, of a bashful distant carriage, like the parson of a parish in North Wales, or le curé du village in the south of France, and to seem no way related to an Abate of Milan or Turin, still less to Monsieur l'Abbé at Paris. Though this Republic has long maintained a sort of independency from the court of Rome, having shown themselves weary of the Jesuits 200 years before any other potentate dismissed them, for many of the Venetian populace followed them about crying, Andate, andate, niente piliate, mai ritonate. Note: Begone, begone, nothing take, nor turn anon. End note. And although there is a patriarch here who takes care of church matters, and is attentive to keep his clergy from ever meddling with or even mentioning affairs of state, as in such a case the Republic would not scruple punishing them as laymen, yet has Venice kept, as they call it, St. Peter's boat from sinking more than once she saw the Pope's territories endangered, or his sovereignty insulted, nor is there any city more eminent for the decency with which divine service is administered, or the devout and decorous behaviour of individuals at the time any sacred office is performing. She has ever behaved like a true Christian potentate, keeping her faith firm and her honour scrupulously clear in all treaties and conventions with other States, fewer instances being given of venetian falsehood or treachery towards neighbouring nations than of any other european power excepting only britain her truly beloved ally with whom she never had a difference and whose cause was so warmly espoused last war by the inhabitants of this friendly state that numbers of young nobility were willing to run a volunteering in her defence but that the laws of venice forbid her nobles ranging from home without leave given from the state it was therefore not an ill saying though an old one perhaps that the government of venice was rich and consolatory like its treacle being compounded nicely of all the other forms a grain of monarchy a scruple of democracy a dram of oligarchy and an ounce of aristocracy as the Teriaca, so much esteemed is said to be a composition of the four principal drugs, but can never be got genuine, except here at the original dispensary. Indeed, the longevity of this incomparable commonwealth is a certain proof of its temperance, exercise and cheerfulness, the great preservatives in everybody, politic as well as natural. Nor should the love of peace be left out of her eulogium, who has so often reconciled contending princes that Tuanus gave her some centuries ago due praise for her pacific disposition so necessary to the health of a commercial state and called her city civilis prudentiae officina another reason may be found for the long-continued prosperity of venice in her constant adherence to a precept the neglect of which must at length shake, or rather loosen, the foundations of every state. For it is a maxim here, handed down from generation to generation, that change breeds more mischief from its novelty than advantage from its utility. The patriotism inherent in the breasts of individuals makes another strong cause of this state's exemption from decay. They say themselves that the soul of old Rome has transmigrated to Venice, and that every galley which goes into action considers itself as charged with the fate of the commonwealth. Duri et decoramus pro patria moris seems a sentence grown obsolete in other Italian states, but is still in full force here. And I doubt not but the high-born and high-souled ladies of this day would willingly, as did their generous ancestors in 1600, part with their rings, bracelets, every ornament, to make ropes for those ships which defend their dearer country. The perpetual state of warfare maintained by this nation against the Turks has never lessened nor cooled. Their vicinity to Turkey has, however, made them contract some similarity of manners, For what, except being imbued with Turkish notions, can account for the people's rage here, young and old, rich and poor, to pour down such quantities of coffee? I have already had seven cups today, and feel frightened lest we should some of us be killed with so strange an abuse of it. On the opposite shore, across the Adriatic, opium is taken to counteract its effects, these Phoenicians have no notion of sleep being necessary to their existence i believe as some or other of them seem constantly in motion and there really is no hour of the four-and-twenty in which the town seems perfectly still and quiet i am persuaded if one were to live here which could not be for long i think he should forget the use of sleep for with the market folks, bringing up the boats from terra firma, loaded with every produce of nature, neatly arranged in these flat-bottomed conveyances, the coming up of which begins about three o'clock in the morning, and it ends about six, the gondoliers, rowing home their masters and ladies about that hour, and so on till eight, the common business of the town, which is then time to begin. The state affairs in pregai, which often, like our House of Commons, sit late and detain many gentlemen from the circles of morning amusements that I find very entertaining, particularly the street orators and mountebanks in Piazza San Marco, the shops and stalls where chickens, ducks, etc., are sold by auction, comically enough, to the highest bidder, a flourishing fellow with a hammer in his hand shining away in character of auctioneer the crowds which fill the courts of judicature when any cause of consequence is to be tried the clamorous voices keen observations poignant sarcasms and acute contentions carried on by the advocates who seem more awake or in their own phrase svelti than all the rest all these things take up so much time that twenty-four hours do not suffice for the business and diversions of venice with dinner must be eaten as in other places though i can scarcely find a minute to spare for it while such fish waits one's knife and fork as i most certainly did never see before and as i suppose are not to be seen in any sea but this in such perfection fresh sturgeon ton as they call it and fresh anchovies large as herrings and dressed like sprats in london incomparable Turbots, like those of Torbay exactly, and plentiful as there, with enormous pipers, are what one principally eats here. The fried liver, without which an Italian hardly can go on from day to day, is so charmingly dressed at Milan that I grew to like it as well as they. But at Venice it is sad stuff, and they call it vegau. Well, the ladies, who hardly ever dine at all, rise about seven in the evening, when the gentlemen are just got ready to attend them and sit sipping their chocolate on a chair at the coffee house door with great tranquillity, chatting over the common topics of the times. Nor do they appear half so shy of each other as the Milanese ladies, who seldom seem to have any pleasure in the soft converse of a female friend. But though certainly no women can be more charming than these Venetian dames, they have forgotten the old mythological fable that the youngest of the graces was married to sleep there are men here however who because they are not quite in the gay world keep themselves awake whole nights at study and much has been told me of a collection of books belonging to a private scholar pinelli who goes very little out as worthy attentive examination all literary topics are pleasingly discussed at Quirini's Casino, where everything may be learned by the conversation of the company, as Dr. Johnson said of his literary club, but more agreeably, because women are always half the number of persons admitted here. One evening, our society was amused by the entrance of a foreign nobleman, exactly what we should in London emphatically call a character. Learned, loud, and overbearing, though of a carriage that impressed great esteem. I have not often listened to so well-furnished a talker, nor one more capable of giving great information. He had seen the pyramids of Egypt, he told us, had climbed Mount Horeb and visited Damascus, but possessed the art of detaining our attention more in himself than on the things or places he harangued about. For conversation that can scarcely be called where one man holds the company suspended on his account of matters pompously though instructively related he stayed here a very little while among us is a native of france a grandee of spain a man of uncommon talents and a traveller i should be sorry never to meet him more an odd thing to which i was this morning witness has called my thoughts away to a curious train of reflections upon the animal race and how far they may be made companionable and intelligent the famous Ferdinand belletoni so well known in london by his long residence among us and from the undisputed merit of his compositions now inhabits his native city and being fond of dumb creatures as we call them took to petting a pigeon one of the few animals that can live at venice where as i observed scarcely any quadrupeds can be admitted, or would exist with any degree of comfort to themselves this creature has however by keeping his master company i trust obtained so perfect an ear and taste for music that no one who sees his behaviour can doubt for a moment of the pleasure he takes in hearing mr Bertoni play and sing for as soon as he sits down to the instrument colombo begins shaking his wings perches on the pianoforte and expresses the most indubitable emotions of delight if however he or anyone else strike a note false or make any kind of discord upon the keys the dove never fails to show evident tokens of anger and distress and if teased too long grows quite enraged pecking the offender's legs and fingers in such a manner as to leave nothing less doubtful than the sincerity of his resentment signora cecilia giuliani a scholar of beretonis who has received some overtures from the london theatre lately will if she ever arrives here bear testimony to the truth of an assertion very difficult to believe and to which I should hardly myself give credit, were I not witness to it every morning that I chose to call and confirm my own belief. A friend present protested, he should feel afraid to touch the harpsichord before so nice a critic, and though we all laughed at the assertion, Bertoni declared he never knew the bird's judgment fail, and that he often kept him out of the room, For fear of his affronting or tormenting those who came to take musical instructions with regard to other actions of life i saw nothing particular in the pigeon but his tameness and strong attachment to his master for though never winged and only clipped a very little he never seeks to range away from the house or quit his master's service i do think the turkish sailor have an admirable account of a carnival when he told his Mahometan friends at his return that those poor Christians were all disordered in their senses and nearly in a state of actual madness while he remained among them till one day on a sudden they luckily found out a certain grey powder that cured such symptoms and laying it on their heads one Wednesday morning the wits of all the inhabitants were happily restored at a stroke The people grew sober, quiet, and composed, and went about their business just like other folks. He meant the ashes, strewed on the heads of all one meets in the streets through many a Catholic country, when all masquerading money-making, etc. subside for forty days, and give, from the force of the contrast, a greater appearance of devotion and decorous behaviour in Venice than almost anywhere else during Lent. The venetians to confess the truth are not quite so strenuously bent on the unattainable felicity of finding every man in the same mind as others of the italians are and one great reason why they are more gay and less malignant have fewer strong prejudices than others of their countrymen is merely because they are happier most of the second rank and i believe all of the first rank among them have some share in governing the rest. It is therefore necessary to exclude ignorance and natural to encourage social pleasures. Each individual feels his own importance and scorns to contribute to the degradations of the whole by indulging a gross depravity of manners or at least of principles. Every person lifted one degree from the lowest finds it in his interest as well as duty to love his country and lend his little support to the general fabric of a state they all know how to respect, while the very vulgar willingly perform the condition exacted and punctually pay obedience for protection. They have an unlimited confidence in their rulers who live amongst them and can desire only their utmost good. How they are governed comes seldom into their heads to inquire, qu'ne no, penselou let him look to that End note, says a low venetian if you ask him and humorously points at a clarissimo passing by while you talk they have indeed all the reason to be certain that where the power is divided among such numbers one will be sure to counteract another if mischief towards the whole be intended the subjects of this republic resident in the capital Are less savage and more happy than those who live upon the terra firma, where many outrages are still committed, disgraceful to the state, from the mere facility offenders find either in escaping to the dominion of other princes, or of finding shelter at home, from the madly bestowed protection these old barons on the continent cease not yet to give to ruffians who profess their service and acknowledge dependence upon them. In the town, however, little is known of these enormities and less is talked on and what information has come to my ears of the murders done at Brescia and bergamo was given me at milan where blainville's accounts of that country though written so long ago did not fail to receive confirmation from the lips of those who knew perfectly well what they were talking about and i am told that labia giovanni labia the new Podesta sent to Brascia, has worked wonderful reformation among the inhabitants of that territory where I am ashamed to relate the computation of subjects lost to the state by being killed in cold blood during the years 1780 and 1781. I see that I have said more about Venice where I have lived 5 weeks than about Milan where I stayed 5 months. On Saturday next I am to forsake but i hope not forever this gay this gallant city so often described so certainly admired seen with rapture quitted with regret seat of enchantment headquarters of pleasure farewell leave us as we ought to be leave the britons rough and free it was on the twenty-first of may then that were returned up the brenta in a barge to padua stopping from time to time to give refreshment to our conductors and their horse which draws on the side as one sees them at richmond where the banks are scarcely more beautifully adorned by art than here by nature though the brenta is a much narrower river than the thames at richmond and its villas so justly celebrated far less frequent the sublimity of their architecture, however, the magnificence of their orangeries, the happy construction of the cool arcades, and the general air of festivity which breathes upon the banks of this truly wizard stream, planted with dancing, not weeping, willows, to which on a bright evening the lads and lasses run for shelter from the sunbeams. Et fugedad salices, et ante <inaudible> videri. Note While tripping to the wood, my wanton eyes she wishes to be seen before she flies. End note. Willows that are, I suppose, peculiar to itself, and best described by Monsieur de Voltaire, whose Poco curante, the Venetian senator in Condide, that possesses all delights in his villa upon the banks of the Brenta, is a very lively portrait and it would be natural too but that voltaire as a frenchman could not forbear making his character speak in a very un italian manner boasting of his felicity in a style they never use for they are really no puffers no vaunters of that which they possess make no disgraceful comparisons between their own rarities and the want of them in other countries nor offend you as the french do with false pity and. HATEFUL CONSOLATIONS If anything in England seem to excite their wonder and ill-placed compassion, it is our coal-fires, which they persist in thinking strangely unwholesome, and a melancholy proof that we are grievously devoid of wood, before we can prevail upon ourselves to dig the bowels of old earth for fuel, at the hazard of our precious health, if not of its certain loss nor could i convince the wisest man i tried at that wood burnt to chark is a real poison while it will be difficult by any process of chemistry to force much evil out of coal they are steadily of opinion that consumptions are occasioned by these fires and that all the subjects of great britain are consumptively disposed merely because those who are so go into italy for change of air though i never heard that the wood smoke helped their breath or a brazier full of ashes under the table their appetite meanwhile whoever seeks to convince instead of persuade an italian will find he has been employed in a sisyphean labour the stone may roll to the top but it's sure to return and rest at his feet who had courage to try the experiment logic is a science they love not and i think steadily refuse to cultivate nor is argument a style of conversation they naturally affect as lady Macbeth says question enrages him and the dialogues of socrates would to them be as disgusting as the violence of xantippe now then i must leave this lovely state of venice where if. The paupers in every town of it did not crowd about one tormenting passengers with unextinguishable clamour and surrounding them with sights of horror unfit to be surveyed by any eyes except those of a surgeon who should alleviate their anguish or at least conceal their truly unspeakable distresses one should break one's heart almost at the thought of quitting people who show such tenderness towards their friends that less than ocular conviction would scarce persuade me to believe such wandering misery could remain disregarded among the most amiable and pleasing people in the world his excellency Bragadin half promised me that some steps should be taken at venice at least to remove a nuisance so disgraceful and said that when i came again i should walk about the town in white satin slippers and never see a beggar from one end of it to the other. End of chapter four, part two.